Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am Shane Bacon. Normally, I intro a whole bunch of stuff that's happened throughout the week. Jason Day's win. Uh, Jason Day's win. And uh, Jason Day's win. Jordan Spieth missed the cut. Tiger Woods has taken over the podcast. And with that, I introduce Chris Solomon from No Laying Up. Because it's hot take central right now. And people are not letting up. They are talking about Tiger nonstop. Along with a lot of other topics, and I decided to bypass the normal intro and have Sully on from No Laying Up to hit these things out of the park. So first, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I am doing great. Of course, uh, you can follow Sully at No Laying Up if you don't already. I'm surprised if you don't. Uh, he is the man that has no fear of taking such things on as hot takes about Tiger Woods. And I wanted to start my first hot take, Chris. Did Tiger Woods hit those golf shots in the water on purpose? Clearly, right? You've seen all the people on Twitter that have pointed this out. I mean, it's uh, honestly, I don't even think that it would have crossed my mind that he would have done it on purpose if it weren't for the Tiger truthers. It was like I, I was talking to somebody about this and without getting too political, I was thinking like I, I don't know anyone like in my life that that is going to vote for Donald Trump. Like I don't I don't know who these people are. You know what I mean? Like early into the podcast we got no, tr- no, but just, Trump talk. No, I'm just saying I don't know who these people actually are. I mean, he's he's got whatever 42% of the country or whatever in favor of him being president. I don't know a single one of those people. I'm all the same way with the Tiger Truthers. Like I didn't know these people existed. Like who are these people that actually think that he's hitting balls into the water on purpose with every camera on him? It was one of the and, and listen, I, and it was one of those things. When I first saw it, I didn't even think much of it. And as the days have passed, obviously this was what on Monday morning. As the days have gone on, I've just been so I'm, I'm just astonished at what went down. I mean. This is a man that is so self-aware about everything. I mean, he drops news tidbits on Friday afternoon just because he knows there's not going to be a ton of people working in the media centers, so they have to scramble and write. I mean, this is a guy that does everything calculated, yet he's hitting these golf shots from 100 yards. And what I don't understand is this. If you're Tiger Woods, Sully, just put yourself in Tiger Woods' seat for a second. You have a 103-yard shot, okay? You know cameras are up. You know they're filming you, right? If you don't think you can get whatever club you have in your hand, I mean, sand wedge, lob wedge, whatever, don't you pull, like, eight iron? And I mean, <laughs> if he hits it over the back of the green, you can't even tell. I mean, it's not like there's cameras back there. But he somehow is hitting these picked wedges with no divot, 80 yards. The first ball's 40 yards short of green easily. Was, was he, like, do we know, was it planned for him to hit these shots? Did he know he was going to? You have to think. I mean, does he do anything that he doesn't know exactly what's happening? I would be shocked if he didn't know. Now, I will say the death stare he gave the guy that threw him the third ball was like vintage Tiger when he was like chasing people down in golf tournaments. But, I mean, he had to have known he was hitting golf shots. He had to have. I mean, did he warm up? Do we know? Like, I to be honest, I didn't pay a ton of attention to this because (laughs) I was gone on Monday. I missed this whole thing and opened up my Twitter and saw that Tiger hit three balls in the water. I was like... Wait, is there a tournament today? Like, what am I missing? <laughs> Tiger's back, um, but I, I, I just, I guess he had to have. If considering his health state, I would have thought there's no chance he swings a club unless he's warmed up. And so maybe this is now I'm turning into a Tiger truther. But maybe my explanation <laughs> for this is 
that he wasn't warmed up and just swung super easy to make sure he didn't hurt himself. Now, I've converted. I'm, I'm a truther. I'm in. I'm in. This was partially on purpose. Trump 2016. You already got your <laughs> – you're ordering your hat online right now. All right, so since we're talking, Tiger, my next hot take. Is Tiger not good at golf anymore? Um, I, I have a hard time separating with Tiger what is health-related and what is actually not being good at golf-related. Um, and I, cause I think they're, they're just so blended at this point. I mean, I, I think if Tiger's fully healthy and is able to train and is able to practice that he would be a top five player in the world. I don't think necessarily he'd be the best player in the world, but I, I, I have no reason to think that a healthy Tiger, and we're talking about a guy that like trained himself to be able to swing the club in so many different ways and reach <laughs> the very pinnacle of the game. You know what I mean? Like it's not physical as in ability with him anymore it's it's health but i don't know how you really i don't know how you really separate the two at this point because the health is so bad that it i mean you can't swing a golf club if you're not healthy i mean you can relate to that i can relate to that like you you have to be fully committed from from a health perspective and a confidence perspective and like it's it's just it's he keeps rushing back and he's nowhere near that so I, i i still think he's good at golf i think he's still really really talented i just don't think he practices as much anymore and i don't think he can because of his health so a uh, hot take I saw online today, and this one's pretty good. Chris, should Tiger Woods go to the web.com tour to warm up? <laughs> well, all right. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I should admit this now, but honestly, I was making the case for him to do the web.com tour finals last year after he, <laughs> after, after he, after he almost won at the Wyndham, and then he, he opted straight for back surgery. I knew it was a completely unrealistic option, but I, I've said this before too. It's like, I don't think Tiger's not above any tournament at this point. He's not above the John Deere Classic. He's not above anything. I mean, he's gonna when he comes back, it's gonna be starting from the ground up. That's why I mean, I was kind of starting to buy in the that he was gonna show up at the memorial based on the rumors about him booking accommodation. But he's not ready to handle a big boy golf course like that. I mean, he's gonna have to ease his way back into it. He competed at the Wyndham because that's I mean, that's not one of the tougher courses on the PGA Tour. That's not like a a real true test. He's got to pull driver and hit shots out of deep rough and whatnot. So, I mean, when Major League Baseball players come back from injury, they go to the minor leagues. Why can't Tiger use the web.com tour to warm up? I know this isn't the answer you weren't expecting. I know we won't see it. But, I mean, honestly, if he needs reps, why not do it? He hit a 103-yard shot in the middle of a lake. I mean, this guy, he's not going to the web.com tour because he wouldn't make the cut. Oh, he's not ready for that yet. Right. No, I mean, no, no. Is... But I'm saying when he comes back, like, I don't know. If you, I, I, again, he would never do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm more brainstorming here of, as an alternative approach for how he could, should come back because we know it's going to be a circus whenever he does come back. And, um, I mean, I don't know. There's just not even, like, a hint that it's going to be even remotely competitive when he does. And we've just been doing this for, like, two years now. At least. Uh, the, ever since that, we like we literally almost since we like started our website, there's been nothing but this back and forth with Tiger. I've I myself have declared him done and back like six <laughs> separate times. I'm pretty sure. I think I used an exclamation point to call him back after during the Masters last year after he fist pumped a birdie putt. But um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I I was holding out hope for the memorial, like I said, but I don't. I obviously can't see it after what we just saw. Uh, and a disclaimer uh, to Tiger Woods, if you're listening. Uh, we will welcome you back to Oakmont here at Fox, and we'd be really happy to have you. So if you'd like to come back to Oakmont, uh, I'll caddy for you. We'll let you play the up tees. Whatever you want to do, you are more than welcome to make a return. You almost won there in 07. It wasn't that long ago. 
So how much day, how much daylight is there even in Pittsburgh? Is there enough daylight for him to get eighteen holes in a day? <laughs> He'd have to go off early, early for the first time ever. They wouldn't even switch tees for him. Uh, is is Jason Day the next Tiger Woods? Um, no, no one will ever be Tiger Woods. But <laughs> at the same time, I wanted to ask you, like, why? Why are in myself included? Because I'm I'm as guilty as this as anyone. But I think the the same kind of apathy towards this exists across the golf media world and the golf to golf fans. Like, why aren't we more excited about this? I, I haven't gone back and looked at seven wins and seventeen starts. I know those are kind of arbitrary numbers based on what has recently done but like phil's never done this right seven wins and 17 starts like rory's never done this obviously spieth hasn't done this i mean only tiger as far as in the last 20 years has done this am i right in saying that Uh, absolutely vj had a run uh, i think around 2001 or something where i think he won nine or ten tournaments in a season which obviously was incredible at the time but i I agree with you i i've been saying this for a few days now it's like he's won a major he won I think he won two FedEx Cup events. He won a WGC event, and now he's won the players. I mean, these are part of his wins. He's winning enormous golf tournaments, Jason Day is. He's been incredibly impressive. I mean, even when he's had his bad days and bad weeks, you know, you're talking top tens uh, pretty much consistently. I think he has one missed cut in those 17 starts. Uh, And the other top five players in the world combined don't have as many wins over this span than than Jason Day does. Is it because – I mean – I, I've talked. I talked to Holly Saunders, who comes on the podcast later. I talked to her earlier, and you know, she mentioned that the, the fact that he's not American plays into it. And while I do think that might have a little bit of a, uh, that might be a little bit of a factor, is it just because there's not, there's not a lot, there's not a, a lot of pizzazz to him? I mean, he's just he's focused. He he does his thing. He's got a family. He doesn't go uh, and, and go crazy and post you know Snapchats. I mean, is there something about it that's just uh, less relatable as a famous person because we expect these famous people to be kind of kind of crazy and kooky. Well, I wanted to say, I, I, part of me thinks that is accurate about the not being American thing. I think you can apply the same thing like to Lydia Ko and, um, but if we if we if, if Rory was doing this, we would be freaking exactly. out. Exactly, and that's freaking the out. He's I not totally American. Agree. Like, uh, I, I mean. Uh, as far as rival, I mean, I don't dislike European players, but like, there's a rivalry, like, as me as a golf fan between the U.S. and Europe, right? Uh, so I, I'm not saying I root against European players, but like, Rory is, ex- like, by far, without even being close, like my favorite European player and a guy that I root for over almost all other golfers. Which uh, it's a weird way of I don't know of relating to Rory, I guess you could say, and that I see him as very human. But I don't, he's not that different as a person from Jason Day for a lot of the same like, reasons you just said. He's not like a crazy, like social guy. He's just kind of a, he's just a cool dude, which by all means Jason Day is too. So I don't know why even internally within myself I'm not I'm not like jumping out of my shoes. But I do have a, I have a quick Jason Day story for you. Um, this was 2012 Memorial Tournament. So this is four years ago. Uh, he was paired. I was following Kyle Stanley around, and they were paired together. And this, you know, he, I, I don't have his record in front of me, but he had, I think he finished second at the Masters in 2011, if I want to say. Yeah, that's right. Yep. It, it, had a, it had a strong run in some majors, uh, but was kind of lacking that consistency. There's obviously always been the health issues with him, but I watched him play for 36 holes. And I, I, let me tell you, I could not have been less impressed with Jason Day. <laughs> I'm serious. He was hitting like a 270 block cut off the tee, couldn't control it off the tee, it was going absolutely nowhere. I mean, he was just like he was just another guy out there to me. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I, again, I can't even explain that. It's almost. I'm not. It's almost like 
the transition you would see from like a major league baseball player that was middle of the road to using PEDs and now hitting 60 home runs a year. For the record, not saying Jason Day is using PEDs, <laughs> but I'm just saying like his performance since then is just it looks like a completely different human, and it, it may be health related. If I remember right, he was wearing something on his wrist that week, and he just maybe wasn't fully committed to it. But I, I just I don't know. I didn't see this. I, I mean, we kept waiting for him to finally be healthy, and now that he is. I, He's just terrorizing the PGA Tour right now, and it's just kind of like, uh, I mean, yeah, he won. He won the players by like four shots yeah. this weekend. Yeah, no didn't, didn't even play that well over the weekend. I mean, of course, Saturday was was a catastrophe there, but I mean, he didn't even play great golf on Sunday. He played pretty mediocre on the front. I mean, I think he hit like two greens on the front nine. I mean, it's – but what he's doing is – the reason I think that there is a mini comparison to Tiger is that for whatever reason over the last year – when Jason Day has a lead, he just doesn't give it up. You know, I mean, he just takes the lead and, and he's got it. I mean, whatever's clicked in his head after that putt at the British Open, he's been a maniac ever since then. And and it's, you know, I mean, you have to have him your favorite at the U.S. Open. I mean, it's that's that's without a doubt, especially with the way he's hitting his long irons off the tee. But yeah, it's it's just it's funny that we don't. It doesn't seem like people care that much about what's going on when this whole time we've been looking for somebody to kind of take the reins and run. Yeah, and I, I think. When you look back, maybe Rory 2014, but not current day Rory, do you look at a player's performance and just see it, it be so clear, like by watching on TV, that he is more talented than the rest of the field by like a pretty decent margin, right? I mean, not a lot of guys win tournaments by four or five shots. I don't know. I, I, again, I'm, I, his victories are blending together for me, but he won like a playoff event by like seven shots or something last year, too, didn't he? Like, he, he he's they're not that close and that's not something you see every week on the PGA tour and maybe that's part of the reason why we think it's kind of boring is the, the events aren't that exciting I mean the players on Sunday was was I was I was dying for something exciting to happen it was it was not coming but yeah I uh, mean it like when when Tiger used to win all the time it was a bit boring people forget that I mean people forget that when Tiger won and he had a three four shot lead on Sunday it wasn't the most exciting thing to watch because he'd hit two irons off tees Hit it in the middle of the green. You know, he'd make a couple of 30-footers and shoot 70 on Sunday and win by four or five. And that was the way he went about his business. I mean, it was rare that you'd watch something and Tiger would blow up on the front. I mean, really, Y.E. Yang is the one that comes to mind. And that's it. I mean, you know, this is a guy that that just would, would calmly go about his business at the biggest events of the year. And it seems like Jason Day is doing something similar. And, and somebody that played alongside Jason Day, did you just get that segue? That was really good. Ooh, I'm really getting into this podcast thing. Professional. The segue was super solid right there. Speaking of somebody that played with Jason Day at the PGA Championship, uh, should Jordan Spieth focus more on the I and less on the we? <laughs> I think you, that 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 uh, question reads a lot better if it's actually in print. It just sounds, <laughs> sounds weird to say that out loud. It does sound kind of weird. No, but I mean, you know, people people been dissecting Spieth's year since he shot 30 under par. I mean, really, since the first event of 2016, it's been a question about what's going on with Spieth. And frankly, I have been de defending uh, and I've been blocking these things as much as possible. But we're getting to a point now where, you know, he hit a bad shot at the Masters and that's what ended up losing in the golf tournament there. But, you know, he's missed a few cuts and he hasn't been as sharp. And is, is there actually something going on? Because he does seem a bit uh, perturbed on the golf course. And we have seen him kind of lash out, not just at Gruller, but, you know, it, it kind of at himself. 
Yeah, um, I'm partial on this because I feel like I, I'm a big speed fan. I feel like I've turned into like the biggest speed defender on the planet <laughs> lately. But I mean, his last two events, he went tie for second, missed cut. So I mean, it, keep, it, keeping it in perspective here, we're really talking about one hole where it went bad at the Masters. Otherwise, yeah. he would be back to back Masters champion. And I mean, when you think about how many shots have to be played over the Masters, uh, 200, whatever, 275 shots, 280 shots. The fact that two of them were the – I mean, he had other mistakes, obviously, but two of them basically cost him the championship. It's hard for me to panic about the current state of his game. He took a the guy took a month off. The play, He's had weird kind of success at the players. It's not like you – know, uh, I think he finished second to Martin Keimer two years ago, and I think he missed the cut last year after winning the Masters. So I'm not worried about it. Um, I think uh, the, the, the lashing out thing, it does seem a little – peculiar but at the same time i feel like he's aware that people are kind of noticing it more and it's not he's not changing in that regard i feel like he's just kind of dead set on being himself right and that it might just be an example too of our overexposure to him at this point all of his shots are on tv now for the most part whereas you know at this time last year or i guess before he won the masters i was pining for him for CBS to put him on the air, like it just he was wasn't getting Brooks, happening. He was getting Brooks Kapka all was over the place. Kapka. You never get go for. <laughs> Don't Kapka. go go get. You know, so so disclaimer to everybody that's listening to this right now: never ever 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 jump to conclusions on players playing TPC Sawgrass because there's yeah. absolutely no rhyme or reason. Phil Mickelson said it best: "I can't believe I've won here." It is a very hard golf course to figure out. It doesn't really favor any player. Craig Perks talked about that last week on the podcast. It is not a place that really has any semblance, any order, anything. You just go there. If you're hitting it good, you might play well. If you're not hitting it good, you can miss the cut. And that's what we saw with Jordan Spieth. I cannot wait for him to play well at the U.S. Open because I really think it sets up super well for Jordan Spieth. I've mentioned this a few times. He's a guy that's really, really clutch at making seven and eight footers, and that's what you're going to have to do at Oakland. So I'm with you. The overreaction. Listen. He's frustrated because he's not playing well. I mean, you know, that's that's part of it. I get frustrated when I play bad golf. You know, I mean, you're hitting bad well, golf shots. You're going to get annoyed. Well, when you say he's not playing well, though, he's played two rounds since the Masters. That's the right. thing. It's like people are waiting for him to bounce back from the Masters, and it's been a while since then. But he hasn't played. Like right. he, 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 he took that time off, which he needed to do. Looking at the schedule that's ahead, he absolutely had to take this time off. I think he's not off. He's off probably at the, for the Bell South, and he's play, is he playing the both Bell, events? The in? Bell South? Or wait, what's the, Memf- what's the Memphis event is, now? The FedEx. It, the, the Bell South. How was that even the Bell South when you were alive? Isn't it? Isn't it TPC Southwind? I think that's why I thought that. Wow. What's the name of the course. Bell South. That's this is this is podcast history here. Nobody's nobody's ever even said Bell South meant- when podcasts were around. <laughs> this is amazing. That that is a highlight of. I don't even really want to talk to you anymore. This is the highlight I- of my entire week. I had TPC Southwind in my mind, and I called it the Bell South. <laughs> the MCI whatever, Open coming up whatever, next. Whatever that terrible event in Memphis is, that one that, that one that no one plays. The Zevo Invitational next. coming up later this year. Um, no, it's not. The, I'm just going to let you know. Not the Bell South, in case you're wondering, okay. everybody. Um, is, is Bell South exist? I don't before? think so. I really don't think so. I just, I just, that, you know what? Way to go on that. I'm, I'm, in, I'm impressed. Uh, the Motorola StarTech Open. Uh, is going to come up, and with that, I ask you: Is Ricky Fowler too nice to win majors? Of course, yeah. I mean, you have to be. Uh, you can't. I'm, tr- I'm struggling to think of a really nice guy that's won the U.S. Jason Open, Day. But, or the one. That, uh, Jason Day, yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, he finished I mean, in the top five in 
four straight majors. In but he hasn't ago. won one. He hasn't won one, Shane. Uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. The, basically, the whole theme of everything we've talked about now is just so frustrating that we psychoanalyze this stuff on a week to week basis, and that uh, the whole what's wrong with Jordan Spieth that we wouldn't be asking it if he hadn't dumped those two balls in the water on twelve. I and mean, Fowler, I mean. It does seem like several. It does seem like it's been a few months since he was. He was so close to winning at the waste management. He won out in Abu Dhabi, I think, this year on the European Tour. It, that does kind of seem like a long time ago. Um, I'm honestly surprised, though, in this hot take universe we live in, that people aren't more critical of how like much he's on Snapchat and on social media and like and saying like he needs to have better focus. Like I actually don't hear a ton of that, you know. Maybe we, maybe now you're hearing this. He's too nice thing, which is, I mean, again, just what I can't. I can't even. I don't have a response to that. I can't I possibly analyze that. But um, I, I don't know. I'm more concerned about the joggers than I am his his current play. So they're beca- uh, they're, just, they're they're becoming an epidemic. I mean, the, the joggers or are, are, are other people are are catching the virus. I mean, you've seen I'm worried. Rory I'm with the jog- Okay, what's the age cutoff for these things? Because I really want to know. Like I'm. I can't wear them. I'm 32. But I mean, is it late 20s or is it when you hit 30? I say like for a, a week after you turn 25 until, yeah, you have a week after your 25th birthday and then they're out of stock. A halo week. I, I like that. I can't do it, man. I don't know. I don't get it at all. It doesn't look good. It does, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, like, I'm not a get off my lawn guy. I'm 29 <laughs> years old. I'm not like, I'm not out of date here. I don't think I just... I can't. Uh, I, I'm worried that I know Kepka's done it. Now I've seen Rory do it. I'm worried like more of my favorite players are gonna are gonna follow down this trend, and uh, I'm gonna I've, I'm gonna have to be straight with them. I'm gonna have to tell them that I can't I can't do it. I actually wrote I wrote the first critical thing I ever wrote about Kepka was uh, I did a like a scared straight post where I said the ghosts of uh, fashion of the past came back and was Phil in his short sleeve mock turtleneck. <laughs> Um, and Jim Furyk in his button-up short sleeve oh, shirt, man. giving oh. them lectures on just to be careful with what kind of fashion choices they make these the, days. The, I, I watched the 07 U.S. Open the last couple of weeks. Like whenever I had a free, you know, few minutes, I'd watch it on my computer. And Furyk on Sunday had that button-up shirt with the black buttons all the way up. And I just, I, I don't even know if, what shots he hit the final round. I, I literally just looking at, I'm like. What, what? Who thought that was a good idea? It's a little bit like the Phil pants right now. Like, is like Amy's not like, hey Phil, man, like that's not a great look for you, buddy. Like maybe throw like a belt on. I think Phil's got a lot of yes men around him at this point. I don't yeah, think anyone right. stands. I don't think anyone stands up to Phil and is like, I, I Phil, I, he just. I don't think there's any real rhyme or reason why he does any of these things. He's just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to mess with people today. I'm, I'm not wearing a belt. Like that that's his way of like subtly throwing in something. And I'm sure there's actually probably some scientific reason behind it, right? I mean, like the the metallic buckle was throwing off his his uh center of gravity or something like uh or the color of the belt was attracting too much heat from the sun. Phil's got this thought out. I'm I'm telling you. I I, I totally agree. And and also, I mean, I've been on the biggest soapbox about how much I hate white belts. And I played in a US Open qualifier last week and let me tell you, I might have been the only person there not wearing a white belt. So apparently they're not going away, which is really disappointing to me. Um, we, we got a little off track, which is totally fine since this is a podcast and you guys are volunteering to listen to this. It's your own fault. Um, I will ask, is, is there really, truly, honestly, seriously an issue with Rory's putting? Or is it just that they're not going in right now and he doesn't have a lot of confidence with it? 
I, I don't think there's an issue. Um, I forget who had the stat. I believe it was a guy named Golf Betting Brain on Twitter or something that he noted that – it may have been Jake Nichols that noted – since he switched to the cross-handed grip, his strokes gained putting would rank around 73rd or something like that on tour. Which, I mean, if you pull up his his stat page right now on, on the PGA Tour, it's something like in the hundreds, but it's in the negative. Um, but since he went to the to the cross-handed, it's been better. Uh, I mean, Roy's never been an excellent putter. He's just been a guy that hit the ball to 15 feet enough and ran an, enough of those in and didn't make bogeys because he's putting from 15 feet every hole that he won a lot of golf tournaments and. I, I don't know. I don't see it's always been kind of a streak thing for him. And I don't see a major issue with it. My my thing is like that we I, I'm definitely not qualified. You're a better golfer than I am. I still don't think you're qualified. I don't think the people on TV that have played on PGA Tour for a long time are qualified to be able to just sit there and dictate what Rory should do about his putting. Like I, he, he's risen to the number one level in the world. The guy's gotten golf figured out at least at some point. I agree with like, you. Like he, he knows his own game, right? There's a, there's a reason why he went to the crosshand. And I, I mean, I could be very hypocritical about this because I was very confused why Justin Thomas went to the crosshand grip when he was putting very well uh, with the regular grip. But I mean, there, there's something that's to it. He, the guy, I mean, you, you don't know the way his putting stroke feels the same way that he does. You can't sit back and be like, he should not be doing this or he should be doing this or Jordan Spieth shouldn't say we, he should say I. It's like, <laughs> like I don't know. You can, these are just things you can't really weigh in on. I mean, if you want to if you want to talk about like how Rory does his scheduling or, uh, you know, certain things that he does, I get it. But like talking about the actual feel or the actual – critiques of, a, of their golf game is just it's it's a hard it's hard for me to get over that bridge i guess to be able to feel like the person talking about it really knows and understands what they're talking about well it's 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 everything i mean you know it's all it's all sports i mean the warriors lose game one and everybody says what's wrong with the warriors i mean i think that the point of this whole thing is you know we bring up some of these hot takes quote unquote because you know jordan spieth wins this week and it's all forgotten i mean everything yeah. we've said or written or talked about or set on TV or analyzed is thrown out the window. I mean, it, it, it golf is really hard. I mean, that, that's the key point of all of this is like Justin Thomas tomorrow. If he played a golf course out in Phoenix with me, he'd probably shoot somewhere between 62 and 65, you know, yeah. in his sleep. I mean, that's just, that's how it is. I mean, that's just how this thing goes. So I, I played the money game yesterday and me and my partner shot nine under best ball. And we were like, that's pretty good. Uh, the guys that won it shot 14 under. I mean, we got <laughs> lost by five shots. I mean, we played well. You know, it's like this isn't even close. Uh, I wanted to update you on uh, the Bell South Classic. Uh, <laughs> I looked it up. It was the Bell South Classic until 2006. Phil Mickelson won it in 05 and in 06. In 2006, Phil Mickelson won it by 13 shots. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he, he single-handedly slammed the door on the Bell South Classic. Uh, 26, 28 under par for four rounds. So pretty good wow. plan by Mr. Phil Mickelson. Rest in peace, Bell South Classic. We but, missed you, um, Bell South. I, and if Bell South is still around, they want to sponsor the podcast, we'll gladly take your money. That's fine. <laughs> um, well, real quick on what you said, though, like if Spieth wins this week, then it's all forgotten. The same goes the exact opposite in that if Jason Day misses the next three, like three cuts, including if he misses the cut at the U.S. Open, God forbid, like it'll be, it'll there will be a headline that's going to say what's wrong with Jason Day. Like that's it. Go, it absolutely goes both ways, as PFT commenter would tell you. And, and you're and you're exactly right. I mean, one or two bad rounds, a bad draw, or a bad bounce, and uh, your golf game is not what it was three weeks ago. I mean, you know that's what's so crazy is this guy's 
played out of his mind. Rory played out of his mind in 2014. Jordan Spieth had an epic year last year, and three or four months go by, and and, and you know we forget all that and just look at the at, at what's ahead. And I mean, I wonder if that gets to these guys a little bit, where you go, look what I've done. I mean, look what I've accomplished, and yet. You know, it's still, uh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my team? What's wrong with my play? Why is my attitude like this? You know, it, it just seems like it would probably almost get, I mean, frustrating. I guarantee I'd go on SBK 2016 like every other week if it was yeah. me. Can you imagine, though, like, if you're Jordan Spieth rising to the level at which you're at at age 22, like the second best player in the world, two-time major champion, and you, like, literally, on the entire planet, there is one golfer currently that is better than you. <laughs> And you got to answer questions about like things you're doing wrong and why you're not succeeding. Like you, I, I just, just, huh. I, I'm not saying these guys are above criticism, but we're talking. They've gotten to such an unbelievable point, like a point zero 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 one percent chance of reaching this point, like from birth. And we're talking about the things that you're doing wrong and how you're failing and not succeeding. It just, I don't know. It just drives me nuts. It, it, it can, it can get a bit much. So I, hopefully once every couple of months, couple of months, you know, I would like to have you on when the takes get really hot, you know, when, when they get like middle of August in Phoenix hot, then, then we'll like, we'll throw you in, we'll throw you in the, and say, you know, you tell me what we should or shouldn't believe because Obviously, some of the things, they're just funny. And, you know, really, they're kind of funny to talk about, especially, like you said, when you actually read them out loud and you go, I can't believe people yeah. actually bring these things up. Yeah, I think uh, if I will say, though, you, I'm definitely very guilty of it as well. I feel like we're kind of in ourselves looking for these takes, too. And we kind of we add to it by talking about how ridiculous they are and kind of exaggerate how prevalent they are in the media. They definitely do exist out there, but um sometimes we're just kind of every time honestly I, i'm i'm probably the most guilty of it like when street plays poorly i like look for people that are right. panicking about it like even if it's not like a mainstream or normal person i'm like oh here it comes oh here they <laughs> everyone's freaking out about speed when in reality it's really not that many people so that's that's the only disclaimer i'll give on the current state of uh, how we're reacting to things oh we're, we're definitely not saying we're above this i mean we are just as bad <laughs> as every human on the planet that talks about stuff we freak out and I mean, I do think that you at times, I mean, we all have the people we enjoy watching and rooting for, and there's a, less of a, less of a, a, an attack when that, when that person does poorly, as opposed to maybe somebody like uh, poor Mike Weir for you, who you just will not let the Mike Weir thing go. Mike Weir with his green jacket, just sitting in the corner asking no lane up to love him. I mean, it comes to an end. This is his last medical exemption this week. And uh, no, I, I, I've been really hard on him just because like. Well, I mean, because it's know. funny. I mean, let's be honest. It is funny. It's pretty funny. Mostly, like, subject. It just makes me upset. Like, I don't understand how he still gets into tournaments. And if I, I don't know, you, you know the state of your game before you go tee it up. And honestly, his ceiling right now is to be maybe within three or four shots of the cut. Like he's averaging like 255 or something off the tee. Like, you know, like he's not like he's shooting 65 in practice rounds and then going and shooting 78 in the events. Like he's taking up a spot from somebody every single week that he tees it up. And yeah, if, if he, if save your exemptions for a time when you think that you're going to get your game back or you're going to be more healthy or be able to compete out there. Uh, it's hard for me to sit here and say that I, if I had possible for maybe maybe it is completely over for him. That's very very likely, um, and he's just using these up and then he's done. But I don't, I don't I, I would just have a hard time facing guys in the locker room every week if I was withdrawing and missing cuts on uh, literally every single week. 
Right. I mean, it's it, like like my my dad always said before uh, before tournaments, he'd see guys grinding on the driving range with the you know the alignment sticks and everything like that. My dad always famously said. You know, if you ain't got it now, you ain't going to find it. I mean, yeah. you're not finding it on the driving range 30 minutes before you peg it up. I mean, that's just <laughs> not how it's going to go. I mean, your golf club's going to go worse, you know, when you're under those types of pressure. But anyway, uh, I appreciate you coming on. What do we got coming up for you guys? Anything exciting, new, fun? Do you have yeah. a pa- any Patrick Reed stuff coming? Um, no, I think I, I think I uh, emptied my chamber on my Patrick Reed Olympic scripting today. Uh, should have a new podcast up on Thursday or maybe even tonight on Wednesday uh, with Tron, our other NRU co-founder, and potentially one the following day with one uh, Justin Thomas. It's nice. been about a year since I've caught up with him on the podcast, and uh, I got some SB2K16 th- th- things I want to learn and, uh, yeah, a lot more stuff. So Nice. Hopefully. Did you Have you talked to him since he played Oakmont? I have not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I talked to him a little bit. Not, yeah, not on the podcast, obviously. But, yeah, I have talked to him a little bit. But I have no details on what he thought about Oakmont yet. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. About that. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up for that. We're less than 30 days from the U.S. Open, so it's going to be pretty fun. We've got the four ball uh, coming up next week at Wingfoot. I'll be out there um, on Fox Sports 1. And we and Holly Saunders will be there, too, and she's going to come up next on the podcast. Chris Solomon, I appreciate you coming on. Always follow them on No Laying Up. Uh, Instagram's No Laying Up. I think Snapchat's No Laying Up. they they got some great stuff. Everything like that's pretty fun. Hey, enjoy the U.S. Open, man. Enjoy the four ball, and best of luck out there. And we welcome into the clubhouse now Fox's own Holly Saunders. Holly, how are you doing? Hey, Shane. I'm doing okay. I'm talking to you while I'm driving. Um, I don't even know if that's legal. I'm trying to get on FDR Drive in the middle of New York City, so it's not going very well. I'm creeping. Well, speaking of things not going very well... I just wanted to get your thoughts, and I talked about it earlier on the podcast with Chris Solomon, but I wanted to hear what your thoughts were about the really awkward, strange, weird Tiger Woods video from earlier this week. Did you see that? Yeah, it was almost sad to me. It was just kind of like, you know, the last shot hit up on the bank over the water and then rolled back in. Like, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem sad to you. Yeah, I can't laugh at him. It's sad. Yeah, the last shot almost gave up. It felt like the ball just kind of was like, nah, sorry. Like, even if you tried, he wasn't really taking divots. And this is coming, you know, on the heels of him talking about coming back, people predicting when he's going to come back. Yeah, he's hyping it up. He's been hyping it up for a couple weeks now. And it was, I'm very, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised. It, it does remind us, though, and I think the important thing for everybody to remember is, obviously, Tiger Woods moves the needle. I mean, he was on the front page of the USA Today for the three shots in the water. I mean, that bumps Jason Day doing what Jason Day did at the Players' Championship. Tiger doesn't move the needle. Tiger is the needle. I mean, everything. I remember the ratings of the Golf Channel. Every time you mention Tiger, whether it's good, bad, whatever it is, you mention Tiger Woods in every single bump because people pay attention. That's what it is. Tiger, Tiger is golf. And everybody always asks me, you know, when is he not going to be rele- relevant anymore? And I always say, when he retires. He's going to be relevant as long as he still is playing. And, and even when he's not playing. I mean, you know, this is what's so crazy. And, and, I, and I don't want to spend, you know, too many minutes talking about Tiger Woods. But I, I do think it's interesting because, as we mentioned, I mean, it was, it was front page news in a lot of places. But what I find so, so different about it is, obviously, if, if this is what we see out of a man that obviously one of the best golfers of all time can't hit a shot from 103 yards. If this is what we're seeing in an exhibition, obviously he's not close to coming back. So should we just give the guy peace and say, you know, do your thing, take your time, or is it just going to be continue to come up every event, every time we go to Firestone or the Memorial, 
Or are we just going to kind of care a little bit like he's in the back of our heads, like he's almost like an ex-girlfriend or something? Well, he's almost teasing us because I wouldn't... I saw he registered for the U.S. Open. I was pumped. I'm like, you know what? Maybe enough time has gone by, and he's really going to play, and we're going to see him at Oakmont. That'd be great for us. Good to see him back. But after seeing those three shots, it's kind of like, I, I don't think it's possible. Um, but And now when he tees it up, and for the past couple of years, it's like, will Tiger finish the entire tournament? Will Tiger finish 18 holes, a full 18 holes, without pulling out with a back injury or whatever it is? I really don't know anymore. I don't think we can bid him farewell till he's finally gone. I, I think he is. During those 10 years, he was the greatest of all time. When was it, like, 2000, what, what do you think, 1999 to, like, 2008, 2009? I mean, it, that was an amazing decade. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and he comes back. I mean, you know, he's had a few comebacks. I mean, probably not been whole, wholly healthy since, uh, you know, 08. But, you know, he comes back in 2013, and, he, you know, he's number one player in the world again. It's just... It, right. it, it's hard to remember that time because, and, and I think a lot of people forget that because he didn't win a major at the time, but you know, he's won eight, right. eight events in two years, but you know, somebody that's doing something similar right now is Jason Day. And I wanted to ask your opinion. I feel like people just don't care enough about Jason Day and what he's doing. I feel like they love Jordan Speed, They love Ricky. Uh, they love Rory, of course, when he's doing the things he's doing, but what we're seeing out of Jason Day right now really does bring up memories of the way Tiger used to play. And it just feels like, for some reason, he doesn't grab the attention of this sports audience. And, and I don't really understand why. Do you, do you have any reason why it doesn't seem like we care as much about him as we do with some of the other young players? I think it's because he isn't American. I think that people really want to, so an American to latch on to in America. Tiger was American. Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, who you just mentioned, I think that it resonates more with Americans when it's one of our countrymen. I, I really do. I think that that's why. Jason Day, um, he said he's doing some Tiger-esque things. Uh, his body is starting to look like Tiger Woods, like Tiger Woods when he was in shape. They're, they're similar height, and his, like, the way that he, um, he looks in his pants and his shirts, I think his body looks like Tiger's, and they're pretty good friends. So I don't know if this is Tiger 2.0, but he's pretty dominant right now. He looks really good going into the U.S. Open. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned this, and I was thinking about that last week as well. I mean, he mentioned in the offseason, he was asked, what are you going to do in the offseason? And he said, I'm going to go get jacked. And I mean, he has done yep. that. He does seem to get bigger. I was watching the 2007 U.S. Open on my computer the other day because I'm an enormous golf nerd. And, <laughs> I, you know, I'm watching this thing, and he was wearing these baggy shirts, and he had this kind of, you know, he wasn't right. the Jason Day we see now. And you're looking at a guy that has committed himself to this. And really, if you think about mirroring Tiger in a bit, even the injuries and stuff, you know, he he's, he's been injured a little bit. I mean, we saw a lot of that with Tiger. But when he's focused and when he's locked in, I, I think he's unbeatable. And I think when you see Jason Day at his best, I don't think there's anybody in the world that can compare to him, not Jordan, not Rory. And I almost feel like we've been looking for this for a while and we finally got it. Yet, as you mentioned, maybe it's because he's American. Maybe it's because he doesn't have really anything to pick at. I mean, he's a very nice guy. The media likes him. He's yes. got a family. I mean, Good family guy, yeah. yeah. I mean, all these things, you know, conjure up a, a, a person we should be really rooting for. And I find it strange that, you know, seven wins and 17 events, and it doesn't seem like it, it's really res resonating with a lot of sports fans. And it's strange. But, you know, if he wins the U.S. Open, I mean, this is going to be an enormous sports story, in my opinion, because this is a guy that's dominating the sport right now. I think a tiger captivated everybody because he was so polarizing. He's a polarizing figure. We don't have anybody in the game who's polarizing right now. And they're all nice kids, nice guys like Jason Day, good family people like Jordan Spieth. There's nothing not to like about them right now, but tiger was a polarizing figure. 
Well, I wanted to ask you, speaking of people that don't golf a ton, how, how much golf are you playing these days? I, I, I talked to you about this a couple of months ago, but do you get to play much? Do you get to play 18 holes a lot? I could if I wanted to. I still have the house in Orlando. And I live next to Bay Hill. So I could play a lot, but I'm just not that good anymore. And it's not that <laughs> fun to play when you're not that good anymore. So I really need to get back out there and work on my game, like 100 yards and then, you know, that's what goes the quickest when you're not practicing and then chunking chips for me. And it's just not any fun to play when I'm playing crappy. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Yeah, 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 for sure. You can swear. It's fine. I'm totally okay with that. Cause I know if we were just in person having lunch <laughs> and having our salads, like we always do, because by the way, everybody's listening. It's all Shane eats. And he, during the off season also, um, got jacked. He is, I asked him if he was uh, taking any anything, anything like HGH, because he's carrying out of his shirt now at Oakmont <laughs> during the preview a couple weeks ago. I, I did have to get a small in the FootJoy shirt, which still cracks me up. What what's your? I appreciate you saying that. What, what's your personal best score ever? When you were really playing, what was your what was your low score you've ever shot? Uh, Sixty eight, but I, I don't even count it because it was during high school and it was from the Reds. The course was it was like fifty three hundred yards. Do you even count that? You know, I always said I, my best score ever was on a very short golf course. But to me, going low, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, it doesn't matter the distance of the golf course or really how tough it is because I think going low is making putts and continuing to, to put your foot on the gas pedal. And I feel like no matter what, okay. if you go low, it, it counts. Because, I mean, I mean, as long as it's not you shot 68 on a par 52, I mean, if it's a, if it's a full golf course, I mean, <laughs> shooting under par and playing well is, is impressive. So, I mean, you, were you – you're in high school. You shot 68. Did, did you did you ever have you know thoughts and you know maybe I could go pro, maybe I could chase this dream, or was it never something you were really that interested in? I did, but then I saw my teammates at Michigan State, which is just a completely different level. Um, they went over to the Symmetra Tour. I think it was the Futures Tour back then, and they were living out of their cars, barely trying to you know get back their entry fees. And I'm like, that's not the life for me. And also, I had surgery on my knee my sophomore year after we won the Big Ten championship, and. I never really played like myself after that. So um, I, once I was out of college, I was like, you know, let's go talk about golf because I can't play it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it's similar. I, I played a, my very first mini tour tournament I ever played, and my dad came out to caddy for me. And I was on about the 15th tee, and then we were playing foursomes. And I looked over at my dad, and I said, I'm the only guy in the group that's made a bogey so far. And that was the point where I went, right? maybe this isn't for me. I, I, everybody else was bogey-free, and, I, and I, I'm like four over. I was like... I can't beat these guys. I'm not beating the ones out out on tour. But you know, so you get into covering golf. Uh, you know, you, you you get into covering sports in general, and you've really kind of transitioned over. I mean, you initially were just doing golf, and last year you did NFL for the first time. And I wanted to ask. Yeah. I mean, you're, there's going to be a million differences, but what was the biggest difference in your opinion from covering golf to to, to moving on and covering the NFL? The size, the sheer size of the NFL players. And how fast they are, how high they can jump, and the athletic ability. I honestly, what you're seeing on TV, these guys—they're unbelievable. Like just walking around, they're enormous, and they're incredible athletes. Also, a big difference is that the games—three hours of just high energy. Everybody's yelling. The stadiums are packed. And golf, I'm used to it being like a week long. They get there for the practice rounds, then four four days of 18 holes and you know it kind of drags out like that but it's three hours on a Sunday super high energy and then it's over it, it was awesome I mean I, I understand why everybody in America loves to watch the NFL 
and college football on Saturdays. I get it. It's just a very cool game. Yeah, and, and, and you talked about, uh, you know, three hours and that's it. I mean, did, did you feel the energy? I mean, did you feel like you were on a high the whole time covering this event as, as opposed to maybe, like you said, having lulls in golf coverage where maybe you're not talking for a couple hours? I mean, in, in football, it is literally nonstop. I mean, did you feel that as well as, as a reporter? Oh, yeah, and then you then you look up, it's halftime, and you look up, you're like, where did the game go? It's the fourth quarter, and there's always uh... – Unfortunately, so many injuries, and you always have a game. Um, well, there goes an ambulance. Sorry, um, I'm trying to not lose my train of thought and let the ambulance through. Okay, so the injuries. Speaking of ambulance, the injuries. There's like concussions and concussion protocol now, and so I always have to keep my eye on everything when uh, when the players go to the locker room and get all the updates. And there's many, many of those each game, even if it's a finger. Also, it's amazing to see how many people are injured. Every single game, it's like, are they playing this week? Oh, no, they're not playing this week. Like, it, golfers rarely get injured, rarely, unless it's working out off the course. Like, you don't ever see them during a round, usually, you know, fall to their knees. It's just, it's crazy. It's such a physical game. So how did you prepare for it? I mean, how did you move from, you know, getting obviously ready for golf events? How did you prepare for that first NFL game? Because obviously, I mean, you know, if you'd never done it before, I mean, it's, it's a daunting task. I've always been a huge football fan, and I spent the year prior to starting on the sidelines, as soon as I knew I was taking the Fox job and what my duties would be, I asked them for an account so I could see all of the replays of all the games, study the, the sideline reporters, and just learn the game. It's like golf, you know? It takes a little while, unless you've played the game for many, many years. And, you know, I think everybody, the jury's still out on what really is a catch in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> so knows that still, that's right. As, as it goes there. Um, but no, I, I really watch it constantly. I'm a huge fan. So you do NFL, then you go back to obviously the, the golf events. Last year we have Chambers Bay, which was a lot of fun and, and, yeah. and a very different, uh, obviously, event. And you're back into golf. And, and I mean, you know, I've been around you at golf events. I mean, you're, you're a walking celebrity. It's, it's really crazy. I was going to ask, what, what's, what's the best part of being a, a female working in golf? And, and also, what's the worst part about being a female working in the golf industry, especially kind of in the broadcasting side of things? Uh, there is no downside. Everybody is a gentleman. Um, everybody, it's just, it's just a gentleman sport. Everybody is, is wonderful to deal with, including you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part about it is that um, golf, I guess, has just been such a huge part of my life forever. I love it. I love it. I can't imagine my life without it. And when it comes around to Championship Sunday and the drama that we saw at Chambers Bay, it's, just, it's incredible to be right there for it and to be that close to the players. It's, it's the coolest thing in the world. It really is. And, of course, we go from Chambers Bay, which, as we mentioned, it, it kind of an unknown. I mean, a lot of people didn't really know what to, to expect or what to see when we got there last year. And it was our first U.S. Open at Fox. Uh, this year we get to go to the comfort of Oakmont. And, of course, we were there yeah. a couple of weeks ago. What last were your thoughts? Was tough. It was a really tough venue. Yeah. To start out with an entirely new crew. It was really difficult. Nobody, I don't, I don't know if anybody knows, not even the spectators, nobody went in the clubhouse. The clubhouse was so spread out so far away from the actual golf course and then our, our towers it was it was really a difficult place to cover the event especially the first time and by sunday there were hardly any any spectators out there the course was so difficult to walk and, and but you know you, we get to we get to go to oakmont which is you know historic and beautiful and the clubhouse is amazing and it's got all this history in it uh what, what were your initial thoughts when you got to walk oakmont and see it for the first time oh it's back to the traditional country club style golf course and it's just watching you guys play. I played a couple of years prior to this, 
So I had my fill. It's extremely difficult, but extremely beautiful. And it's tested and true. Um, what did Mike Davis say? He said he needed a week's notice if he needed to host a, a you know national championship there. They're just always ready at Oakmont. Always ready to host a huge event. And we look at Oakmont and get set for it. Uh, just initially thinking about it from afar as of right now. And of course, you know, plenty of things could happen. I mean, Jordan Spieth could win this week. Rory could win this week. There's a lot of things that could go on. But when you look at it, is this Jason Day's U.S. Open to lose at this point? I think it is. The way he's playing right now, I think he's the most dominant player in the game right now. Jordan Spieth has some work to do, obviously, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see You know, if he shows up ready to go. He took a couple weeks off, correct? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he took time Prior off. To after, yeah, he took time after the Masters. Uh, you know, he went to the Players. I think a lot of people were overreacting by the way he played. Uh, at the Players' Championship, obviously missing the cut. I don't think he played terrible right. golf. I just he, he he mentioned he didn't work on his putting a lot, and it, it showed a little bit. But uh, you know, it is so funny how fast we can overreact. You know, I mean, Jordan Spieth was looking like he was going to roll into his back-to-back Masters. He has one bad hole, and of course, now it's what's wrong with Boy Wonder. And I just feel like this is a place we mentioned Jason Day being a favorite, but this is a place. I mean, you've got to make six, seven, eight footers all day long at Oakmont. And of course, I mean, we've seen it right. through Jordan Spieth's career. I mean, this is a guy that's, that's been comfortable doing that. His putter is the best club in his bag. That's definitely what separates him from everybody else. I know you agree with that. Um, but yeah, he's got a little work to do. He's got a little work to do. He went on that nice vacation with Ricky Fowler <laughs> and what's his name? Smiley Kaufman had a good time. And it's a long season. People don't understand that this is the PJ tour season is now year round. So these guys need a break once in a while. This is kind of the midway point for him, and, and he knows it's a long haul after this. And he plays a lot of events. He plays 22, 23 events, and that's a full schedule. So for him to take a break right now, good for him. Good for him. And he has a month to prepare for Oakmont, and he'll get the putter rack, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, didn't you think it was funny? The, I mean, the whole spring break thing was crazy, and I kept saying, I mean, we've never seen that type of, of insight or, or look into the life of a professional athlete ever, those guys showing us, what was going on on their vacation? I mean, did you follow right. along? I mean, were you on Snapchat, like, checking out what they were doing? I, I I just saw a couple of them when they were playing golf, and they were laughing, and then they were, like, shirtless doing whatever and <laughs> on the boat. And you know what? They're young kids with money. God bless them. Yeah. They're having a good time, and they're good kids. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? I, I, I thought the funniest part was, I mean, they're making fun of themselves. They're having a good time. I mean, all of them kind of let loose. My favorite part was I thought Jordan Spieth, the first couple of days, seemed a little reserved, and... And towards about day three, he was all in. I mean, he was he was really enjoying it as well. And it's like you said. I mean, how can you not do this kind of stuff? I mean, when I was twenty three, hell, I mean, when I'm thirty two, I do dumb stuff all the time. It's just you know, I mean, you're seeing these guys do what we would do. Yet it seems like there was some mini backlash about it, like they were doing something wrong. Like, oh, don't do this. What are the kids gonna think? And all I could say was, the kids are thinking this is awesome too. I mean, this is what you want to see. Oh my god, they're like, buy me a ticket. No, it's just <laughs> folks being jealous. And that's what happens on social media, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm good for them. Good for them. I hope they have a great time. They work really hard, really, really hard in the gym, on the course. You know, they're just some of the greatest athletes in the world, some of the greatest golfers in the world. Good for them. Okay, I wanted to ask you some advice. I am doing uh, interviews. Oh, no. Yeah, well, you're going to have to give me some. I, I'm going I'm to look at you every now and again. Um, I'm doing some interviews when these guys walk off the golf course at Oakmont. I just wanted to have any advice that you have doing this over the years for me to get prepared and get ready uh, to, to interview the players. Because, I mean, it's going to be four days of me asking these guys questions. Sometimes easy if they go out and shoot 66. But if Phil Mickelson shoots 79, I mean, I, I might have to ask him some tougher questions if he agrees to talk. 
Oh, you're you're all set, Shane. You're excellent at this. You know you know exactly what to ask, folks. I have all the confidence in the world. You don't need any advice. I saw you with that um, Greg Norman's event at Tiburon. You're excellent. You've done all your research. <laughs> that you was guys e- like that you. was easy. That's those guys. Those guys are on vacation as well. This is the U.S. Open. This is Oakmont. I, I I'm telling you, I was watching the 07 Open the other day, and I mean, it is a brutal 18 holes, and we played it, and it was tough, and it's going to be tougher than that. I'm it just is brutal. I, I'm I'm excited to see. The, the good and the bad. I think that's what's cool about this venue in particular is is that you really do get to see both sides. And, and any one mini mistake for any of the players, number one in the world or otherwise, and, I mean, you could ruin your chances. Oh, and you're I think penalized that's what's beautiful. heavily. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's next on your agenda? Oh, we have – I will see you in a week, a couple days, for the four ball. We kick off the USGA season with the four ball. Our Fox crew, so it's our little mini warm-up before the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting to to start out at a place like Wingfoot. I think. I mean, you're getting to really get your you get our motors going on a golf course that not only is hosting yeah. obviously championships, but I mean, I, this is such a cool venue. I mean, don't you wish that the four ball had been around when you were playing? And also, oh who, yeah, who would you who would have been your partner? Oh God, I probably would pick one of my teammates. But that, the alternate shot format that's that's just you know that's made for trouble. And don't ever do that with a significant other, by the way. Don't no. ever play off shot with a significant other. Oh, good God. I, You're I, asking for trouble there. I who really, would you have picked? I, you know, I, I had a buddy of mine named Brian Baker who was kind of a slap it around, never really missed a fairway kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I, I played with him a couple times and he'd shoot zero and it looked like he it was the easiest round of golf in his entire life. So pr- right. probably Brian. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I would love to know some of these people that we've looked at tigers phils these guys i would love to know who they would have picked to play in the four ball because again it's it's such a unique usga event and i'm so happy they've, they've moved towards this because i think again it just allows us to see golf in a different way and it, and it allows these people to go out and play in a big time event i mean i tried to qualify for last year you know i mean it's it's i think it's really cool and i think it's something that, that that's special that they've done and i'm so glad that that we get a chance to cover it because i think it's it, it's very very unique yeah, it opens it up to amateurs. It's very cool. All the people there last year um, in San Francisco, they were they were pumped. It's like, what? I'm on TV and I'm with my <laughs> buddies and oh, they take it seriously and it's just a very cool opportunity. You know what? I think the U.S. Open is a really cool opportunity too. I've always said that to that, that anybody with a 10.4 handicap or less can go out and qualify and play in the U.S. Open. I think it's awesome. I've always thought that idea is awesome. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome too. Of course, I mean, famously, I mean, we got to watch Ten Cup, which is coming up on the twenty year anniversary. By the way, I told you I was a golf nerd. I did my U.S. Open qualifying oh. last week. Um, unfortunately, I did not make it through. Actually, uh, one of our producing bosses sent me a text before and said, "Don't qualify. I need you to work." And uh, I was like, "Man, that's a what a, what a positive note to get in your <laughs> on your phone before you go out and are trying to put up a number." But was it Loomis? Uh, it was not Loomis. It was it was it was Jeff Newbarth. So shout out to Jeff. He uh, oh okay. He 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 sent me a he sent me a don't play well text message, and I told him that's just uh, just a ringing endorsement. Exactly what you want. I don't think I'm going to ask him to caddy for him anytime soon. That's so funny. Yeah, Jeff will be a part of things. He's with Callaway Golf, but he'll be part of our uh, U.S. Open coverage, right? He's going to be a part. I mean, we're going to be in L.A. doing uh, doing the sectional show. I think that was more what he was saying. Right. Don't go to sectional because I need you to talk about golf on TV. So, uh, I mean, it, it's it's we're here. I mean, like for Fox, I mean, we're ramping up. As we mentioned, I mean, the four balls yes. next week. We roll into the U.S. Open. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, you've got to pick somebody to win the U.S. Open that's not named Jason Day. Who are you picking? Oh, 
Oh, wow. Uh, that's the one that I've been telling everybody on the radio, and I said he's far and away the pick. <laughs> uh, let's see how Jordan's putter is. Jordan would be the next the next one. But Rory McIlroy, I think it's time that Rory gets everything in order. I think he hits it straight. He hits it long. I, I think he has the game for Oakmont. You're going to have to be precise. You played it. You know. It's, oh, it's going to eat everybody up. It's, it's hard, isn't it? It's, it, it it's, it's, the hardest, hard it's the hardest golf course I've ever played. There's a course in Scotland called yes. the Dukes, and, and it was the hardest on my list before playing Oakmont. But I think Oakmont takes the cake. I am a, I'm excited about it. I think I'm going to go off the grid. I think I might pick Zach Johnson. I mean, he's never had a top ten in a U.S. Open, which is insane. He knows how insane. to win majors. Yeah, he but I mean – and, and think about this. Zach Johnson somehow goes out to Oakmont and wins that. He's one major away from the Grand Slam. From the Grand Slam. The, the strangest People name. don't remember that. That's right. Because he's such a like, under-the-radar guy. He's excellent. I remember doing a playing lesson with him, and he, everything was on a string. Like he was, He's amazing. And a fun guy, too. Uh, of all the playing lessons you did, who impressed you the most? Jimmy Walker at that time. That was right around the time that Jimmy won a couple tournaments in a row. And I thought he was the next one to win a major. He shot, we played his course, his home course in Texas, and he shot a 29. Oh, there you go. We played nine holes. In his, he, in it was incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, but they're all unbelievable. Oh, like, Ricky it, Fowler was the first one we did. Nobody, you know, I just, I can't explain to anybody. He's, we probably, he and I are the same height. We probably weigh the same. And he hits it, it's just amazing. It doesn't even look like he's swinging that hard. It, does, it just doesn't add up. But it's amazing what these guys do. Yeah, it, it is. It's so funny. I mean, I, I've been playing in some money games with some mini tour guys the last couple of weeks because I've had a couple of weeks off. And um, you know, you play with these no name guys that nobody knows who they are, and nobody probably will ever know who they are. And, and they're they go amazing. Out, shoot sixty four, sixty five, and you're going. You know, if these guys can't make it, it's just a reminder. And I don't want to kill people's dreams. Hey, if you want to be a pro golfer, good luck. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a tough haul. But you know, you see these types of players, and I almost want to tell people, listen. You've got to go beat that guy every day to even have a chance to play, you know, on the on the Dakota Tour or the Tar Heels Tour. You know, the toughest part is getting to the PGA Tour. Right. The road to the PGA Tour and getting your card and keeping your card for the first couple of years after that is the hardest part about it. Once you're there and you're part of it, you're there. But once you fall back to like the Web.com Tour, it's hard. It is hard. Well, Holly, I appreciate you taking some time. I, you know what? You didn't get in a fender bender or a wreck or anything. I'm really impressed with you. You talked, as talked golf, you know. and <laughs> you, you, no ambulances or anything. You know, for for the better part of the last 15 minutes, way to go. I think that there's a cop like chasing me right now on one of his bicycles, but whatever. I mean, I don't have to roll the window down, right? He's on a bicycle. That's exactly right. We'll we'll see you next week at the four ball. I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun. That's Holly Saunders. Obviously, look for her on Thank Twitter. Thank you, Shane. What, yeah, what, what, plug your plug your social media. What's your Twitter handle? It is now. I think it's at Holly underscore Saunders. So hit me up there, and yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks again, Shane. I appreciate it.